Hi everybody, welcome back to Bald, Black and Becoming. I am your host, Louisa April, and I am here with... Dylan Tamaraki! We are so happy to have you here. Bald, Black and Becoming is a platform that seeks to empower, enlighten, share information with you, our listener, about business and a little bit of life and just how you can navigate those scary waters. And honestly speaking, as you could all know that we... As sisters, women, entrepreneurs need that that person who we could lean on to or a shoulder that has literally run that path. Loser April and I are basically that. We're just sharing our experiences of being two bold, black and women who are becoming the best of ourselves and shaping the entrepreneurship uh, community with our experiences. Literally. Literally. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. So today we're talking about expectations in the workplace. And how you set them. And how you set them. Yes. But I wanted us to start at we have been employed-ish before, right? Mm. Um, Were there expectations at these places of employment that shocked you? Or that you were just like Nah, but like that's you can't expect that from me. Yeah, they were. I remember I got employed with an NGO, and this NGO also had a Bible school, and it was set standard that if you're going to be in the finance department, you had to go to Bible school. <laughs> and <laughs> they were after me literally like every semester. Be like, oh no, oh no. I honestly felt like it wasn't genuine for me to go to Bible school. I'd be going to Bible school because. Um, I'm told to go to Bible school. school. Like Sunday school or Bible school, like Bible school, like literally. Uh, was it a diploma in theology? Yo. Yeah. So I, my my friend did. My best friend did. Mm. I would always toodles her whenever she went. Uh, I and I'll tell them that I there was a point where um, it was just getting too much, and I had to say, I'm not going to go to Bible school because I don't feel like it's the season for me to go to Bible school. Mm. And then they told me that. Um, if you're in the finance department, you have to go. But and I was like, me, I'm not gonna go to Bible school. Why only the finance department? Also, okay, everybody else had to go to Bible school, but I think for the finance department, it was more of like you being taught the right ethics and morals, so you won't steal oh. the money, or are you acting in a godly manner, and also that you have God's wisdom for you to run the department. And for me, I kind of then came in and just disrupted the whole cycle. So. The girls who came after me didn't go to Bible school because I I thought it's we're going to go to the Bible school just because we have to, but mm. not because it was fine. So yeah, that was that was the first thing of, okay, I find that expectation, but sorry. What about you? <laughs> um, for me, it wasn't necessarily a shocking expectation. Um, being in the marketing field, of course, there are times when things need to be done past hours but when i officially got into agency life i was shocked at how it wasn't even like i don't know two three hours out of the week you might be expected to work overtime it was it is your joy and pleasure to work overtime (laughs) into the midnight hours to create this work that we are working on um To a point where it's toxic a little bit. To a point whereby if at all you had a genuine thing that you had planned 
or even just the idea of having a social life that would just go down the drain so in terms of that being an expectation and trying to set healthy boundaries between work life and home life or self-life it was challenging but i think those different experiences did help us build a culture or come up with a set of expectations reasonable expectations that we took into entrepreneurship as we started our own ventures yeah i agree with you um actually when you're speaking i remember the second one i i don't find it upset though i just find it like i laughed it off um there's also a season whereby we're not supposed to wear like tight pants and <laughs> and like I was always the I was always the one who was always called to HR to be told, yeah, you're what like what you're wearing is it's not it. It's not it. So because I was from the city, quote unquote, um, it was not like yeah, no, she's from the city, just excuse her. So I read on that, look, down south, I'm professional, you know, I'm wearing my heels. And then sooner or later I I think we started now accepting um people to be who they truly are. So sometimes setting expectations at workplaces is not just about the culture you find in but also letting changing things for the people who are yet to come mm-hmm. but as you say that they really contribute a great deal to generally how we are entrepreneurs today mm-hmm. which is now the very next topic with Brenna Gossua and Jerusa Inc I just thought of the pentacle but either way <laughs> Um, what do you think are the key things in you setting expectations from clients that you're working with to people who you're onboarding, um, even for yourself? What do you think is like a framework of what you, what are the five things that somebody has to work with you has to know and what's key? Um, for me, it's mostly the, the, how we're going to work together. Um, during the discovery call, which is a free 20 minute call. Um, in that call, I also briefly explain, this is how I do the work that I do. This is what it's going to look like. These is how the deadlines are going to be set. And this is when I expect you to make payment ETC so that even before we get into like a contractual agreement, you already know what I'm expecting from you. Mm. But then the first official session definitely fleshes it out. I don't want like okay, yes, I'm doing work with this person, but I'm not sure what it looks like. I want you to know, okay, fine, this is what I'm going to get out of this dialogue or this is what I'm going to get from this particular company in terms of the services I have engaged them for. Mm. I want that to be clear. I like the timelines to be clear as well so that we can also like finish and also so that payments can come on time. Um, the other thing is just that because people are so different and they're at different stages in their business or their brand, it's also important to meet the customer where they're at. So, for example, approaching high level wouldn't be the same as somebody who's trying to piece together their ideas. Mm. So being able to also meet their expectations of, I don't know what I'm doing, I need help, versus I know exactly what I'm doing, but I don't know the how or mm. what to implement. Mm. So um meeting expectations is also an expectation like i don't know if you call it meeting expectations but just that thing of meeting people where they are um yes and then another thing that i'm very 
or I try to be very clear on is I'm not available on call. Like you can't wake up one day and say, Oh, I feel like April, let me just text her and I'll Sounds get saying that I remember that feedback. I <laughs> yeah. That I'll get feedback or that she'll answer all of my questions right now. Because the way that most entrepreneurs work is that they manage their time to try and be the most productive. So yes, I will acknowledge that I received your communication, but don't expect that I will do what you want right now mm. and here. Okay. What about you? So for me, setting expectations um, was very key from a point of transitioning from f- what? From a point of transitioning from being an employee to being an employer, right? So what I did was. Firstly, there was a year where I was running organizations as a one-man team and I had my friends helping me out. So that foundational year was the year that I foundationally set things how I wanted them to be. So basically, all the departments of organizations have run at one point or I'm continuing to run. So because of that, I think I got to learn how I would want admin to run or how I would want production to run or how I'd want marketing or how I'd want ops to run because I got to set it out. So for me, um, from a, I'm going to answer it in three ways. From a client's perspective, before I would not have boundaries, I would have, I could be on a skin assessment with you at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could be with a, somebody who's testing our products at 1 a.m mm. um and then i started realizing that but nobody's life is working like that you should stop you should know or try to balance things out now for me the expectations are like you you should know when i'm going to respond to you and when you know that mm. kind of conversation which is going to be key but i would also want us to detail out what you are going to do and what i'm going to do I feel that once we don't detail it out well and speak about it or even have it in writing, it's good to think about it. One thing that's key that I've learned is the scope of work. So for everybody right now, I'll try to, this is what's going to be your scope of work so that you don't color outside the lines. So that you also, I did something that was so powerful, so that your team is not overburdened by additionally putting things. So what I read yesterday was that Startups don't die from starvation. Startups die from indigestion. Mm-hmm. So because they're trying to eat so much, they cannot digest the food. Um, so now the, the, the article is talking about the power of subtracting or the power of having less. So what I'm trying to say is a scope of work will help you just fine-tune it to five or six points that you could literally go hard on. Now coming into... Um, investors or angel or shareholders or other external stakeholders I think it is very key for you to set out expectations from the get go mm-hmm. um, you will have to grow a lot of balls quote unquote a lot of voices um, that you can get to use them and get to express in respect the points that you're trying to say and not to let them break it down from a point of employees or teammates, as I like to call it. Um, setting expectations helps to ease out what A has to do and what B has to do. 
And that way you also have A diligently doing what she has to do because she now understands what she has to do. But I've also come to understand that as you're saying, meet people at the point of where they are. You are showing people that you can speak in Greek and I can still understand Greek. Mm. Um, which is very, very key. The same thing goes from a supplier's perspective. But I'll say that for what suppliers have come and it depends. If it's suppliers who produce us with raw materials, I've never been at a point of after we talk, after we pitch, after we say that we're doing business and I don't get them doing the work. Should I hold? It is suppliers who provide us with service that are my greatest headache because I keep on asking myself, is it because you're providing a service and it's not tangible? But I'm like, but a service is tangible actually at one point, like you get to see the result. So despite how you could set the expectations with suppliers who provide services, I find myself always being like, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot to debunk, right? And a lot to chew on. It's a lot to chew on, but it does raise a few interesting points. Um, when you spoke about basically your relation to suppliers and how sometimes the service itself isn't tangible, um, I think it becomes even more important to have the scope laid out when mm. it's not mm. like a tangible mm-hmm. Like a bar soap that I can hold, right? Like yeah. I'm giving you money for me to get a bar soap. Yeah. That's clear cut, right? Yes. But whereas it's like, I need you to do the certain thing for me that will help me grow my business. But it's not a thing that I can give to you. To you, you could see. So yeah. now it's both parties or all parties in that type of dialogue need to be clear on who exactly is doing what and when they're doing it mm-hmm. so that everybody is on the same page. Mm. Um, the other thing with, with, with expectations is that it usually sometimes comes with assumptions. Um, so yes. maybe it'll be, I assume that you would do this because you brought it up and, um, or I thought it falls in your portfolio or maybe it's, I felt like it was more suited for you, but you didn't necessarily flesh it out of like, mm. okay, who exactly is going to do what mm. that could be another thing to keep in mind when it comes to setting expectations in the workplace don't assume be very specific even if it means you're asking the same question in different ways but just to be clear do you understand what we are doing do you understand why we're doing it do you know your rule your role in what we're doing and what does your version of success look like because even success has like comes with different expectations maybe to me success is a high engagement on our mm. social media whereas to you it's 100 percent the sales mm. um they might not match like engagement might have been great but the sales no or the sales might have been good but the engagement to me is low mm. so we're both sitting there in our different forms of disappointment but there was still work done mm-hmm. so that's the importance of like over communicating what you expect or what you anticipate will be an expectation it's low-key a goal this is it what is. I expect out of this yeah. partnership. This is a goal we're setting together, yeah. but this is the different roles that we'll play in this together. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And actually, I don't think we should actually call it over-explaining, but maybe it could be over-explaining because you're literally going to the greater extent of letting the other party be or understand or hear what you're saying. 
So practically what April and I are trying to say is first get to understand on what column of or what vector of stakeholdership the particular party you're dealing with is in, mm-hmm. right? And from there on set out that set out the scope. Then from the scope then let everybody else be clear in understanding of the expectations. But what is also key is have it written down. We forget on why humans. So if it's a teammate, possibly have it in a JD, potentially, um, or scope card. If it's an arts or services, literally set it out and also have a contract um, that will get you to protect it as well. We should give you some, to something that happened over this weekend when we are doing a product sheet for getting actuals. And we spent literally 30 minutes explaining the contract and having a chat on what you could do, what you can't do. And thank God we had our photographers there and a model who had done it before. Mm-hmm. So we kept on explaining things and things, right, over and over again. And I thought to myself that, thank God we took 30 minutes so that everybody else understands mm-hmm. um, what it is. So as a matter of fact, Bill Gates, I don't know if it's Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, who has a thing of, I'd rather spend 90% planning on how to do it and then 10% executing it more of like even though I don't believe in being a perfectionist on planning but it more speaks on I'd rather have everybody understand what the role is going to be um, and spend time in making sure that it's adequately understood before I go out and set those expectations up now my next question is going to be what happens when people don't meet up to expectations what usually goes on your mind? For me, the first thing is usually like, did you understand? Like, I'd want to know if you understood what the actual expectation was because you can't really fail at meeting an expectation if you didn't understand it. True. Right? Um, a, a practical way to approach this could be even during that meeting or that conversation, maybe if you just said, I want us to do X, Y, Z, ask the person, what did you hear? What did I just say I want us to do? It's not that you're checking if they're listening, but the way that people explain it is the way that they understood it. So maybe if you said, um, I want us to create a, a content plan um, with the content designed and the captions written and yada, yada, yada. But to them, maybe they heard, um, I need to source prompts to create the content right Mm. that's two different things but it still falls under content creation Mm. like maybe they're thinking reference images and not the actual images so that's why it's important to ask literally during that initial conversation or even the follow-up one after the failed met expectation what did you hear like how do you understand this particular expectation that we're setting how do you understand this goal what is your interpretation of it um didi and i have a thing where um if we're talking sometimes one of us might say the story i'm telling myself is it's more or less the same thing this is what i heard from the story you just told me or from the statement you just heard me because we all take in things in different ways and it's important for us to make sure that there's a union of the minds in how we are sharing and understanding something so my first thing would definitely be to check like okay fine what did you understand you about this? Level? Are we on the same page? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And Tato, <laughs> shout out to her because apparently everybody knows her from the podcast. 
Tato has a thing of she will literally explain to you so she's explaining to, to a five year old. I have a thing of um yeah, you'll catch me, like you're catching me, so I'll speak. Basically I speak fast, then I swallow words, and then I have twenty five to thirty percent of the conversation in my mind and I speak up to seventy percent. Mm. And Tata will literally say, um, no Didi. So she will she will she always comes in. So what I've learned from her is at least try to explain it out from a five year old. And when when Luisa was saying this is it's better to explain it from the get go than to go back on an email and say, Can you please share out A B C D? So let me tell you a story. Last year we were outsourcing some raw material not raw materials, missionary. And we're gonna talk about this in the third episode of season three. Three, mm-hmm. I was about to say two, three. Mm-hmm. Um and I kept on asking the supplier, can you give us the timelines of when everything else will be delivered? Like give me a timeline of when it's going to be leaving the shipment, the warehouse, how many months do you think it's gonna be taken? See how long is it gonna take so I, I literally asked for that. Um and the timelines were quite short. And I remember going back to my signal, the timelines are short. I'm I think I'm gonna give you a grace period of three weeks. Um what I later found out was thank God I actually did that because it was proof. We're basically having an agreement because him and I did not sign an agreement. Mm. Later on, when we were involving the lawyers, that was seen as an agreement. The fact that he said that I was going to deliver this, mm-hmm. and I signed to it, and he signed to it, we both got an agreement that this was going to be delivered at the price of which we paid it for him at. And at reference, at all times, I'd say I, I still move to say this is what he said he was going to do. This is what he has done. This is what is pending. So setting out expectations from that perspective protects you from all you're going to go through legalities at a future stand mm. and also don't doubt it. So long as you're instinct to saying it, go on it. But also even sometimes when you forget it, just ask yourself, what is it? Um, and let you set the expectations. And the other thing about it, now going back from a workplace and also from a service provision place or, or from a product provision place is preach what you practice practice what you preach or preach what you practice mm-hmm. like let people see you do it first um and sometimes you won't even have to speak about it people will just take off your work ethic or your work and they'll take it out and she gives me to the last point so last year we had somebody who was doing our marketing and i let her go literally after four weeks i remember i was like no cut gone gone and the reason i said that was I had always had this vision of how I wanted the marketing and the branding department to be. And I knew it from the get-go. So four weeks to me was enough for it to tell me that am I going to keep this around or not. Also because I thought that I had already set so much precedence that I could not have anybody else do it. One of the examples this human being would do was would have a meeting at 10. She'll come into, not even come. 10.30 when you call, she'll tell me, no, I thought that I'll be working from home today. I'm like, excuse me. Or she'll not have no time and want to change it as well. So, yeah. So, uh, those are my thoughts on certain expectations in the workplace. Um, my my final thoughts around this, um, just like a jolly relationship, over-communicate, 
your you are literally in bed with your your clients you are in bed with your service providers your suppliers the end goal of this bed is to make money okay so communicate ayla how is that thing going when is it arriving what are you doing about it why didn't you update me can we have a meeting what's going on i expect this send the email you said you will do one two three send the whatsapp you said this 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 over communicate just to ensure that even you know that thing that only happens in Botswana where after you send the email you have to send a whatsapp that you sent an email is tedious but it it pushes the needle along so over communicate and don't be scared to ask a question if you don't understand there are no stupid Mm. questions when it comes to the value of the work that you are going to produce based on how you understood it so even if you're not sure who's being referenced ask who are you talking about i know i asked didi multiple times like okay where are we now sharp and she answers <laughs> and she answers but it's just because i want to be sure we're talking about the same thing and we're headed in the same direction right yeah. um and that usually like it removes the back and forth that could happen later on so over communicate and ask if you don't understand, especially when you don't understand. And even when you think you understand, just in case. To be clear. <laughs> to be clear. Yeah. Toodles. Those are my two cents. Thanks for listening, people. We'll see you on episode two. No, not episode two, episode three. Two, baby. Is it? What? Episode oh, yeah. Yeah, so I said episode two, <laughs> season three. Season three, my peeps. Yes. Bye. What an episode with so many quotables, with so many laughs, with so many jokes, but with honestly so much real truth. This episode was sponsored by Organic Natural Skincare, a skincare company in Botswana that exists to empower men and women to feel beautiful in their skin. This episode was also sponsored by Louisa April Inc. Yo! an all-round consulting uh, business to help you get some direction in your work. And introducing the new latest baby, the Petra Inc. Hey. <laughs> uh, an operations consulting business that... Oh my god, how could I forget this? I did not forget this. I will not have been... We're continuing, okay? We're continuing. Yes. Am <laughs> <laughs> I keeping this? Gosh, a brand that exists to empower uh, and support African entrepreneurs to continue leaving impact in our communities. That's much about it. Thank you. Follow us. Sorry, follow us. <laughs> As Didi said, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Please do engage with our content. Let us know what type of episodes you would like to hear and feel free to send us an email at baldblackandbecoming at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Send through those voice notes. Bye. Bye.